This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production, perhaps unknowingly, of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. Pretty sure they don't know. My name is Dave Etler, but that's not news. This just in, I'm here with co-hosts. Say hello to these princesses and princes of medical education. Amy Young. Woohoo! Hi. Patrick Brow. Howdy. Dylan Todd. Hey. <laughs> He's not here right Dylan, now. Dylan uh, hasn't shown up yet, so Teneme Kone is sitting in. Hey, what's up? I'm Dylan for today. And uh, Liza Mann is also here. Hola. Uh, thanks for coming today, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having us. You're, you're always welcome. Listeners, our show is like fatty acid synthesis. Oh, no. I don't remember any of that. We're like acetyl coa, and your it's questions so are like garbled. fatty acid synthase without your enzyme questions. Combining with our coenzyme A's, our fatty acid show just isn't catalyzed as it should be. Fortunately, I have two listener enzyme questions from Takia this week. Just a little background for you guys. Takia has called us before, and I know that she is a Planned Parenthood sex educator, which is relevant to her questions. Let's hear her first question. I was listening to your most recent episode about health disparities, which brought up two questions for me. My first question is how much LGBTQIA plus issues are discussed, not just in a health disparities way, but in how physicians discuss certain topics with these patients and how they engage with these patients. For example, discussing sexual issues, proper pronoun use, discussions with those uncomfortable with their own sexuality, etc. What's your What's your experience been? Uh... I, I, in my experience at Iowa, has been that we're pretty progressive in that sense. I think we kind of were adopting um, like patient intake sheets early on that gave patients the option to pick the pronoun that they wanted um, at their intake so we would know during the course of their appointment um, how to address them and what they preferred to be identified as. And there are also some physicians here at the U that specialize in like transgender health and yeah. things like that. Um, so and some in adolescent medicine, like endocrinology and things like that. Yeah, we have a whole LGBTQ Like a clinic, clinic right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, focused on the sort of unique health issues that uh, folks yeah. who are LGBTQIA Yeah, and I mean, a lot, a, a, I feel like a lot of it is they just want to be, you know, treated like anybody else would be treated. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it so, seems kind of naive now looking back, but when I was first in the clinic, like, I asked one of the physicians, so, like, what do I address about them in terms of their health? And the physician was like, well, if they have it, you check it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really straightfor yes. straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I was talking with uh, Mark Mubarak uh, earlier today, talking about this question. And he, you know, so he apparently knows quite a few people who are in medical school, but who aren't here. And um, anecdotally, he says that um, we actually you know, do uh, a lot of work here addressing um, those sorts of issues, mm -hmm. um, both medically and um, 
I don't know what the right word is. Socially, basically. Even in our first year, we had we had one mass lecture, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was like an introduction kind of thing, and any kind of extracurriculars that you do, like we had people come in and talk to us in a small group setting um, about um, his work with adolescents Mm -hmm. that were transitioning. Well, in addition to some of the classwork, there are like student organizations both within the College of Medicine and on the University of Iowa um, that do a lot of like um, advocating for the LGBTQ issues. So we're kind of like as med students here, we kind of do get a little bit of like saturated in some of the culture surrounding it and the issues with LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do our we, we we do our things. We do things. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I have been i i mean i guess you could always have more of something you were know? there is there anything that but you've been, I, I, you i've i mean of? i've just been like i've been like impressed or pleasantly and like surprised that it's a very i feel like it's a welcoming community mm-hmm. and i feel like some of my friends um uh, who fall into that you know patient category also like have had good experiences yeah. i think some of the issue is like with hormone therapy it's like you know some i know that some physicians refer them to here like to for to us because they're kind of afraid like oh am i gonna you know like how are these hormones yeah. going to affect this growing person right. and things like that um well and mark so. pointed out um one of the things he liked about he he actually did a clerkship in the i think he did a clerkship in the lgbtq clinic, clinic? that we have mm-hmm. And one of the things that struck him, and it's kind of obvious in hindsight, but one of the things that struck him is, you know, if you see one or two people who are on hormone therapy, you know, you don't really have an idea of what the right, you know, sort of within normal limits mm-hmm. range mm-hmm. is for, um, you know, people who are on hormone replacement mm-hmm. or who are on hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you get sort of, I think, you know, a, a usual physician would get some experience in, in with hormones, but basically they're dealing with, you know, Sort of older patients, maybe hormone replacement therapy. It's a very different. Well, you shouldn't do. It's a very different type therapy. of thing. You shouldn't do that anymore. Uh, I, sorry, it's a women's health issue. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, we can talk about women's uh, health. Uh, like, well, like women have unopposed health? estrogen exposure. You know, increases your risk of certain gynecological oh. cancers and. So, yeah, you know. didn't they used to always put postmenopausal well, women? I mean, on? not always, but I mean, they didn't advert- also lead to heart issues. Yeah, cardiac, and I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of controversial. Um, whatever. <laughs> we, ex- we expect that of you, Amy. I'm, I'm also someone who, well, when I'm not pregnant, I take birth control continuously and never have a period. So, <laughs> okay. That's probably not healthy either. No, um, it is. It's fine. Actually, data came out recently that it's totally fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, my husband doesn't listen to me. It's going to be like, oh my God. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, great. Uh, let's hear, uh, Takiya's other question. My second question is for the students. Were there any students working full time while studying for the MCAT and how did they manage the two? I have received some feedback to not work and study full time, but I can't do that. Mostly because I like what I do currently, but also there is no guarantee that someone comes in after me. This possibly leaves an entire city without education sex education through Planned Parenthood. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I was, okay. Yeah, when I read the question earlier online when you posted it, I was like, what is her role? Is there only one teacher in that town? <laughs> it's like, man. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to include that little detail. In fact, I looked it up, I was looking it up this morning trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, 
and then then I remembered, oh yeah, she's she's called in before. Um, yeah. What do you think? Working during MCAT prep? I mean, I worked um, twenty eight hours per week, as well as being a full time student while studying for the MCAT. Um, if I were to say like one thing that I did that I wouldn't strongly encourage anyone else to do, um, most people I think take like a couple months before the test mm-hmm. to start studying. I took it in June, but I started studying in January, February, and I would just spend a couple hours every afternoon, go over stuff and then keep an inventory of like strengths and weaknesses. Um, so I feel like you're really good at the quantitative reasoning, such as physics, you know, maybe not focus so much time there, but like focus on the weaker stuff. Like for me, it was the uh, verbal reasoning. Cars. Just, yeah. Well, that's the new, that's the new MCAT. I took yeah. The I took the, I took it back in 2012. So I had the writing portion. Um, but yeah, just like figure out like what your strengths and weaknesses are as you're studying, spread it out. You, I mean, you can not work for two months and like study, but like, I think it's healthier both for like you learning the material as well as like your mental health. If you like spread it out and take a couple hours, not maybe not even a couple hours each night and just kind of casually look over stuff and figure out where, where you need to focus. I think in terms of this new MCAT, it makes it a little bit more difficult to work. Uh, I studied for the new MCAT, and I did volunteering, and I did some working. I probably worked on average 15 to 20 hours a week, and I did volunteering for three to four hours uh, once or twice a week. Um, But with the new MCAT, it's like a seven-ish hour test. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you're taking the practice tests, it takes, like, you're required to have more larger chunks of time to take the practice test as if it's a real test Mm. um and so maybe if your hours are already tight to like you know maybe you only have like one four to five hour chunk now you have to spend you know that time only taking the practice exam and you're not able to necessarily go back and review uh on the same day and so with that in mind you want to make sure that you give yourself enough time to both learn and take the practice test as many as you need and then also have time to go back and thoroughly review the stuff that you take and not just like take it yeah I did something kind of like that I uh I did kind of like continual studying January mm-hmm. through the end of, I was in school full-time um and then just like maybe two weeks before I was full-time studying and taking practice tests so really whatever you can do to schedule your time the way you need it would work I agree with that Amy took her it, so long ago. <laughs> it was on a stone tablet. Stone tablet. Mean. I mean, if you, it sounds like it might be one of those situations where if you try to do it the way people are telling you to do it, it might stress you out even more yeah. than just making it work into your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I think I like was transitioning jobs that summer that I took the MCAT, so I might have had like a month off. Mm. Um, I took like the Kaplan course, but mm-hmm. yeah, again, that was a long time ago. And what was your job? Were you like a uh, a uh, washerwoman or a footman? Uh, no, or, uh, uh, I had a master's. Some sort of old <laughs> archaic. Some sort of old archaic job that people no, had back um, back in the old days. I I uh, lived in the D.C. area, and uh-huh. I was a research associate for a like a private consulting firm. So, so I did a lot a, of like you had a real safety. job. Yeah, yeah, I helped kind of compiled um, dossiers for submission to FDA mm-hmm. about like uh, food, new like food additives to the. Sounds like we're all in a, you guys are all in agreement that it is possible to work, have a, mm-hmm. you know, possible to work and study for MCAT. You might need to take a longer 
yeah, it might take a little period bit to do it. You might need to sort of adjust your work hours if possible to to uh, accommodate um, both tests. both bits of your yeah. lives. And, um, if, and if you take practice tests, make sure you take them in like or like test like conditions. Because I remember one time I took an exam. It took like like four hours to do one section because I kept getting distracted. Oh, so be be time efficient. Take it like it's a real test. You know, I read way back when in my psychology undergrad course that you should uh, study in the room in which you'll take the test, and you will be better. I think they're locked. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. But then, or in, or, if it has to be in the situation, you have to have people like pat you down every time you have to go out and leave the ba- go to the bathroom. You have to like roll up your your sleeves when you leave mm-hmm. to make sure people you're not stealing cheating, answers, cheating. I guess. So if you need to really take it true to form you got gotta have a partner in crime i guess so go to an airport and like take one of the tsa folks with you like please help me i I also feel like this is like a a little opportunity for me to make a plug for being like non-conventional or unconventional because i did take uh the mcat when i was an undergrad Mm. and then i just decided i didn't i wasn't ready to go to medical school i wanted to explore other things Mm. and so i ended up retaking the MCAT because my score had expired by the time I actually kind oh, of came yeah. around to that point. Yeah. So it was like three years, three, or three years, four years later. Um, so that's okay. <laughs> and I never like got stressed out about it. I was just kind of like navigating things the way um, I thought they should go for the myself. And I just right. didn't feel like I was ready to make that commitment to medical school mm. at that time. So, so it can, it can all work out. Yeah. Well, so so going back to your psychology uh, thing, Dave. So what I did was uh, I I took all of my notes with like the same pen when I was studying, oh. and I felt like it kind of helped. What did if you, you ran out of ink? Um, can I you did have a pen? Would that have been like a sign? Like I, oh. I didn't run out of ink uh, before I took the exam. I, yeah, that was one hell of a pen. It lasted three months. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to put a plug in for the model of? Uh, I don't even. Model? I don't even remember what it was. How many notes was, were you actually taking, though? I was thinking. Okay, so I I had um, little uh, review books for each class, mm-hmm. and so I would take notes on on the edges of the page. Yeah. So I wasn't like writing, you know, like everything. I was just like, okay, this is what this means. How that makes sense, type. Well, there you go. Get yourself a good pen. Yeah. And there's another bit. There's another helpful bit of advice from the Don't short Don't these millennials podcast. nowadays like just type everything on their computer? These something? millennials. <laughs> I mean, not, not to throw the age number out here, but like I'm pretty sure you also are within the millennial generation. I am on the so, cusp. I am yeah, like so a Gen X slash millennial. Identity crisis. There was, I, I you are like, a millennial. I feel like I identify with both. Like yeah. I'm kind of like moody and skeptical like a gen xer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that but. the only criteria because i'd fit into that <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm sorry if i've offended any any and you have <laughs> everyone i'm sorry i am offended <laughs> Tenemé, patrick how old were you when your fathers were born negative 37 are you are you trying to get existential on us <laughs> this here is meta. like oh the man. atoms that Stop constitute my body have been here i for am eternity. billions of years old i'm eternal i, I came from a sun <laughs> let's, let's start over right. take three Tenemé, patrick how old were your fathers uh, when you were born Oh, I don't even know the math on that. Okay, can you can you come back? I'll do the math real quick. Thirty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-two. My dad was thirty. My mom was twenty-eight. 
Why just the dads? Think, I'm, this, I, well, there's a particular like autism There's a particular reason, yeah. Okay. 37, I think. 37. So, okay. They were approaching advanced paternal age. Amy, you're approaching. <laughs> I am advanced maternal You are officially advanced <laughs> yeah. maternal age, my... which starts at 35, right? Yeah. Or if you're going to be 35 when you deliver is the, yeah. Right, right. So I, I just had my 20-week ultrasound this morning. Everything looked okay? Yay. Yeah. Uh, we, we did it. We actually did a show with um, uh, Dr. Yolanda Villavazo, Villavazo. Uh, many, many episodes ago uh, about the phrase advanced maternal age. Uh, well, which... you know what it was called before that? Mm -mm. A geriatric, oh, yeah, geriatric mom. Pregnancy. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> At 35? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they changed it. Doctors don't mess around. You know, they're just like... You're old. Yeah. <laughs> You're too old for this. Cut straight to the point. Uh, yeah. No, the reason I ask uh, about the fathers, though, is you, so you may be aware that educational success is positively associated with uh, you know, future socioeconomic status, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're like researchers at King's College London and Seaver Autism Center for Research and Treatment, you might also believe that high IQ, strong focus on a subject of interest, and little concern about fitting in will also be associated with such success. That's what they... That's what they believe. I mean, basically, that that kind of makes sense. You know, they're they're the smart people who are focused on their subject of choice and don't care what other people think about them are probably going to do pretty well. Much like med students. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, if that's the case, you might want to hold off on having children because their analysis shows that while uh, advanced paternal age is associated with some, of course, phenotypic disadvantages in their in their sons one advantage older dads confer on their boys is geekiness this is an advantage um advanced paternal age 40 plus i think i mentioned that already the study was motivated because they saw a lack of research into the protected protective effects of delayed parenthood uh they even came up with a geek index uh, which is a you know a combination of factors um that they used to study a large national cohort of british twins Older fathers produced offspring with high IQs, some degree of social aloofness <laughs> at the age of 16, as well as a strong interest in focus on STEM or art subjects in school. How much is that genetic versus just like cultural because you're just raising your kids in a different way? There was a, from what I read, I don't have the number in front of me, but from what I read, there was a strong association um, with, with genetics. Mm. Um, there was a strong genetic component um, and um, the APA, the, the advanced paternal age aspect of fathers is more strongly associated with this combination of traits than with any of the other traits um, that could have, ex that they thought could have explained. More like barring like socioeconomics and all the those Controlled for socioeconomics and okay. all that kind of say, You got to control for that because yeah, yeah. a lot of issues like when your parents are older, generally they probably have established careers or some kind of like more stability so they're able to spend more time with kids more yes. time with kids means like fostering development i could go on uh, yeah i, I mean I, I feel like this is interesting but i also feel like like so what because people are gonna have kids when they feel like it's they're ready to have kids you know yeah but this I, could bring on a generation of like super nerds if we like <laughs> wait as long as possible <laughs> <laughs> like the minimum the minimum age to have a kid is now for like a male at 40 years old that way like we breed only nerds 
Yeah, we yeah. could eugenics, like, right? I don't yeah, know. I, I think, shouldn't. I think you should. <laughs> I kind of think one one like advantage though to like maybe I mean obviously like I did not have kids when I was really young, but like they get out of the house. <laughs> You're not like seventy being like, please for the love of God, like go get your own apartment. Yeah, <laughs> you know? as a, as somebody who had uh, his first child, at, we had our first child at thirty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, advanced maternal and well, not yet paternal age, but you know, getting close. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and uh, I can tell you that um, yeah, the, one of the things I sometimes think about is God, I'm going to be so old when, <laughs> when they're gone, <laughs> when I finally get to do stuff. I mean, and for some people, it makes sense because they, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Let's be I not. mean, I'm I don't think still, anybody's. I mean, I'm still kind of skeptical about this whole having a kid thing, and I'm like halfway. Like, <laughs> you will know, remain give, skeptical throughout <laughs> their childhoods, given the trajectory of society. I mean, like millennials, like we're living in our parents' basement up until like 30 years of age. I mean, the yeah. next generation will just stay there forever. Yeah. Have, you guys are in. Your guys are in good shape because I doubt. I, I mean, you know, it's keep. Keep from having babies until your 40s, and you'll have geeky babies just like you guys are. Geeky babies? Yeah. I think my baby might be pretty geeky, like independent of my... I can't wait to meet your baby. I I still cannot wait to meet your baby. I'll send him over. Will you send me your ultrasound pictures? Yeah, they look kind of weird. I love ultrasound pictures. I said something like during the ultrasound today, I was like, is... Does he have like an overbite or like a poorly developed chin? And Sam and my husband was just glared at me like, "Why are you insulting our baby?" I was like, "I'm just not sure what I'm seeing." Trying to clarify. Am I gonna need braces already? <laughs> and then she's the, the woman was like, "Oh, and there's two tooth buds." I was like, "Well, there needs to be more than that." <laughs> Do they, were they, did they, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't uh, imagine what it's like to be like, a, you know, becoming a mother like as a med student because like you, you're like extremely hyper aware of all the things that could happen mm-hmm. and like you look at an ultrasound and you're like already oh, like overbite underbite like tooth buds oh my gosh what's going on do i have to like, uh, like this is essentially I've been pretty laid back about it my husband's been pretty nervous which i think is why he didn't think it was funny when i <laughs> was inquiring about this is essentially the my argu- beautiful baby's yes profile <laughs> this is essentially the argument my mother made to, to me to, to me and christine uh, she's like, don't wait too long. You're going to know too much. And then you... You'll never have kids. You'll never have children. So. Anywho, people, among my deeply held beliefs is that I am among the least professional, in quotes, people here at the Carver College of Medicine. <laughs> I don't wear suits. I don't maintain an air of distant benevolence from students. <laughs> and I swear way more than anyone else I know during meetings. Uh, I was reading an article. Kylie suggested this article about uh, doctor swearing. Typical. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> to the surprise of no one, Kylie submitted this article. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, but the gist of the article was basically like doctors swear, you know, like just like everybody else. But, you know. They're humans too. They're humans. But I mean, also that sometimes there is no substitute for a good swear word. I think I read, I think I read this article and that yeah. it was like, Sometimes the shit that you see is just like shit. Like there's nothing yeah. else you can call it. Isn't it one of those things where it's like a time and place for things? Like, yeah, you people, behave one way in one setting. People code switch. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that that's part of how we're socially. Well, that's changing quite a bit. Like nowadays, or five years ago, you wouldn't hear like a politician say "damn it" or you know swear on stage. And nowadays. You're quite a bit of that, and there's been a lot of research that shows like people who swear, at least 
po- politicians who swear like seem to be more trustworthy. Uh, yeah, th- that's been blown out of the water for me <laughs> recently. But uh, you know, yeah. Well, so uh, how many times a day do you each of you? How many times a day? If you had to estimate, how many times a day do you think each of you swears? Oh, I do a lot. What would you give it? Put a number on it, just for kicks. I don't. What kind of day is it? Yeah. Just, like if I'm if it's a Sunday and I'm playing volleyball, we play. Let's say volleyball let's Sunday? say here let's say at the Carver College of Medicine. Let's say here at 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 school. During school, I, I, don't know. I mean, I cursed more during grad school than I do like now that I'm back in clinic. Mm. Mm, interesting. When you're alone in your lab, yeah. Okay. I'm just so, like, do we have to qualify that? Does someone have to hear the curse? No. Okay. <laughs> okay I'm gonna say like. <laughs> then does it really? Is it really a curse if no one hears <laughs> it? <laughs> the tree curses so in a wood. <laughs> Or in the woods. Uh, no one's around here. Never mind. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say like 30. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's overly. That's fine. That's a good. That's yeah. a number. Um, I sometimes do it because it's therapeutic. So I'm probably somewhere in the upper hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe like 40 for the whole day. But I think it definitely comes in waves for me. The upper hundreds. Well, you know, in my mind, I'm, I think I'm like competing with Kylie for who swears more. But... Okay. All right. I don't, I'm not good at guesstimations. I've never well, won raffle. On average, I can tell you that on average, people swear 80 times a day. Okay, Inters- then I probably am 80. <laughs> Interspersing normal words around them, numbering about 16,000 words. So basically a half a percent. Uh, of your words every day, which I'm finding surprising because I feel like I do way more. <laughs> but like, is that is that like any like everything from like damn to you okay. know? Oh, wow. I don't, yeah, my number goes way up. <laughs> I'll probably eighty then. Yeah, okay. that sounds about right. Um, shoot doesn't count, right? Because no, I've been seeing no. shoot lately. That certainly doesn't count. <laughs> shoot, Dagurney, fiddle dee. Dag nabbit. Yes, I mean sometimes. <laughs> swearing is like the only way to express what you're feeling in an adequate way you know like if you hit your head on a cabinet you just got there's only one darn words that are going to oh my goodness yeah. you watch the news for like five minutes already up in the hundreds so like that's where like mindfulness breathing comes into play <laughs> Who the hell has time for that? <laughs> if I've just hit my head on a cabinet, my, I'm not going to mindfully I'm not gonna, breathe. I, out I, of need that. To, I need to step into my inner zen and breathe. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, that would be nice. I do think that that would be. <laughs> nice. I just like if I hit myself, I just cry out, like ah, yeah, or something. <laughs> Get the Wilhelm scream going on in here. I don't know. Well, I thought we'd uh, do a little experiment. Today, there's one. Amy, behind you is a big bowl filled with ice water. If you would bring that to the center of the table, I know exactly where this is going. I don't know where this is going. It's the uh, swearing and pain tolerance. Ice bucket challenge? No. Well, no. Pretty much. (gasps) Oh, take it easy. There you go. Oh, John Pienta said something about this recently to me. I didn't know what he was talking about. Um. So I've, I've, I, there's a bowl of ice water on the center of the table now, thanks to Amy. It's all her fault. And <laughs> I want you to, uh, I w- when, when we get started, the, the experiment is thus. You will insert one hand into the bowl and leave it there. Um, while you leave it there, you'll read a passage from Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Now, two of you, the control group, 
We'll read a version of the passage in which certain words have been replaced by an archaic swear word that has no real meaning today. Okay. And the other two, the experimental group, will use those will use in those same places the swear word of your choice. So Oh, more creative person gets that one. Well, we'll see how long you can you can keep your hands. Has has this been okay. approved by the college? Like are we gonna <laughs> get in trouble for first amendment this game? i will bleep out all of the swear words oh uh, you'll be fine okay. i already feel sorry for myself uh so let's see let's try Are we need a way like, of, we need a way of randomizing this group i think it needs to be like guy girl for each uh oh so because oh. I, I saw mythbusters like girls have better pain tolerance so. and redheads and yes and, redhead and amy's guys. amy's preg, pre, pregnant, pregnant tolerance amy's pain, <laughs> amy's pain tolerance might be increasing as I we don't speak know. who knows wait did, did this did, did this experiment get irb approval can i can, can i get an epidural before i put my hand <laughs> somebody give amy an epidural <laughs> all right just well, pull one out of my pocket well then uh so so you're saying that uh one that a guy girl team should be the archaic swear word condition so that will be you okay. and Liza which one did I get well we'll find out I mean I picked I picked one archaic swear word too. oh no what if I can't read them <laughs> and then you know what you know you should have used Dave Cafefe. Cafefe. yes I'll do cafe. Right. <laughs> right, here you go now you guys I feel okay. uncomfortable using different swear words. Pick the but... well, pick the one swear word of your choice, and just insert that in all of the blanks. Wait, are the doors and you're closed? all gonna are yes, the... the doors are closed. You're all gonna read this together at the same time with your hand in the thing, and keep your hand in until you can't do it anymore. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> one at a time. So we're all no, going all together. Hole? All of you <laughs> together. But we can't okay. read it at the same time. Sure you can. Well, but all then, of you read but it how are you going to be able to Bleep measure? Oh, this is stressful. Ready, set. Oh, Amy's already got hers in. Uh, Ready, set, go. Read it aloud. Today's your day. You're off to places. You're fucking away. And away. You have fucking in your head. You have and you have feet in your shoes. You can fuck yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own. And you know what? You fuck And you like the guy who will decide where to go. You'll fuck up and down the street. Down the street. Look him over. The weird word. What a wait! Oh, oh my god! Oh, god. Oh, this hurts so bad. You'll f up and down the streets. Look him over with f oh. about some. You will say, "I don't choose oh. to go there." You with your head full of f and your shoes full. Of f really, there's a lot of. F this really hurts. Really You're bad. too smart to go down oh, any god, not so good right, street, well. and you may not f any. You will go. F Okay, thank you. Just to drive this point home, it's actually kind of nice. Oh, that hurts so much. Oh, dreadful. Does this have to do with suffering? Because when people are in a bad mood or having a bad day, of course they're gonna curse more easily. Yeah. So if you have a, just need a straw with a freezing hand, I'll probably curse. Ah! No, Pat, don't <laughs> touch me. I did not no participate. <laughs> I I like straight couldn't read it. I was like. I'm a shut down kind of person. If something bad's happening, I shut down and or run away. So yeah, I just like fully zone into the words, but then like once you made me stop reading, the pain just rushed back on me. I'm a uh, bit of a masochist, so I kind of enjoyed it. Ugh. I feel like we've I feel like we've uh, learned something here today. This has been real science. <laughs> done on it. So Patrick kept his hand in the longest. Mm -hmm. uh, Liza was second longest, I believe. Uh, Amy dropped out real quick. I think I didn't drop out. I, I dropped out. 
I decided that it was not something I wanted to partake in. <laughs> so I am independent and not influenced by peer pressure. For the record, residency programs, Amy did not swear. Thank you. So she is not influenced by what others perceive. Does that make her like a super nerd in the eyes of that research we were talking about yes, earlier? Yes, yes. Amy is a super nerd. Good job. And and Tenime, you uh, you were... I got, he was I, fine before. I, I, you're a second I, got, I got distracted, so I derailed him. It's called strategy, Tenemay. Strategy, yeah. So I think we've proven that swearing, because Patrick was a, was in I the was swear condition. Patrick was, uh, you know, swearing is an effective analgesic. Nice work, guys. <laughs> My hand hurts. <laughs> so this good is, if we go outside, though. Yeah, we could talk about Gwyneth Paltrow. Who? What did she do? She got her tattoo removed. Uh, no. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, well, she may have gotten her patch, her tattoo removed. I don't know. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow and her her uh, Goop um, oh, company. You know, they were right. they were uh, they were advertising um, these these health stickers that you could put on your body, and they were made of a uh, carbon a, a carbon conductive material that lines the spacesuits of astronauts, and they help you with your health. Um, but they were forced to retract them when a NASA said literally that's bullshit, and the, <laughs> I mean they actually the, the the person at NASA who they consulted said that sounds like a load of bullshit, and also that no NASA spacesuits are not lined with any carbon conductive material, um, so they were forced to remove their uh, stickers. So if you want to sell anything, just string a bunch of science words, throw NASA at it, and. I don't even you know got yourself a product. <laughs> I went and looked at uh, the Goop website. Never looked at it before. Went and looked at the Goop website, and I couldn't find those uh, stickers. So, good job taking them away. But there's also um, there's a lot of crystals. Yeah. Oh yeah. On that, crystals are a huge thing on that website. You're supposed to be, you know, like you can buy these little bags of uh, crystals. Do you for eat them? Different. No. I think no, you it's like no, you like yeah. It's you supposed hold to like them channel. in your hands. Yeah. Like a Sedona thing. But there's also a. Um, there's also a child calming. You might want to look into this. A child calming spray. <laughs> oh, do you just spray in their face? <laughs> Which I think they stole That's like my what father's. You do with like your cat. Like, yeah. it's acting bad. You spray it. Like what is? I, think I guess they, go on. I think they stole my father's idea, which was uh, my father, the physician's assistant. He always wished for Valium spray that he could use on us. <laughs> but uh, but no, this is a spray of rose water and quartz. Uh, what quartz crystal Sounds something dangerous. is that safe those would be sharp i don't know I but don't it's know. a you know so you spray it on your spray it near your children and, and they become baby. calm i don't know just yeah pull. you could maybe be i don't know a parent and take care of your kids <laughs> well here's sometimes, one thing no that, matter and, some, and well, sometimes what, no I'm matter what you do the, the children won't calm down and i mean i don't have do, kids but i have like i'm planning on getting that many. little thing that sh just shakes or vibrates or whatever yeah. so it like simulates like they're in a car but yeah. they're just like i hope that helps yeah. i don't know no they do can we talk about those they weird... don't help forever those well are... i mean it's a baby like when they're 16 years old it's not gonna work anymore <laughs> it's like, yeah but yeah, you're but gonna spray like... them in the face with like quartz water quartz rose water like that's just gonna that's <laughs> i see no way that that turns out positive what about those like those uh those necklaces that are like amber and mm. they put on babies for when they're teething to make them feel better which is a, a choking, choking hazard. hazard. B gets me very angry when I see these hippie moms walking around with the amber quartz. I've never seen that. I don't I've know. never seen that. What were you going to say? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I feel like whatever, I, I, I guess that 
whatever you find that works for you that's not a choking hazard. Yes. Or can adversely affect their eyesight by spraying them with quartz water. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think if it was just rose water. I, I, that I doesn't even sound say, like a I'm good idea. I'm pretty intimidated by all the consumerism around, like, baby stuff. Yeah. So I haven't actually bought anything yet. Because so, I get, like, panicky. So well, what, 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 are there particular things that concern you? Or is it just, like, the whole thing? Like, if you run across something that you're like, this is the biggest load of crap, or I, this makes me nervous in particular? Um, well, one, I, I, like, I feel like our house isn't big enough for like, <laughs> more stuff. It's fine. Um, so, so, so we're going to have to like get rid of some things and move things around. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, I feel like a lot of it, I probably would get hooked on it and start buying it, and you just don't need it, maybe? Because it's yeah. like a... It's you, a very kind of like, prim, not primordial, but like a, you know, people have been having babies for thousands of years and yeah. they they didn't have the like organic lavender baby shampoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, you know, I, I they don't know. They didn't have shampoo. But at the same time, <laughs> their shampoo was lead. lead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I feel like it's something that could like quickly spiral out of control. You're absolutely, totally, um, 100% correct. So, and I, so I, I'm trying to just kind of mentally come up with a list of like like essential things or things that like uh, friends of mine have said like oh we use this all the time it was really helpful um disposable diapers or uh... oh god yes okay. <laughs> well like the thing with like because you're like entering i'm sorry i'm sorry environment yeah. but i just what are you gonna do you know <laughs> is this your first kid yeah okay so like the whole thing like marketing firms know is like you're entering this whole new phase of your life and you have absolutely no idea what to expect so like they're like, oh, let's just sell them everything underneath the sun. And then you being like, I want to make sure I'm prepared are kind of like compelled to buy it almost. I think most yeah. I think they're sort of the idea is that they don't know what they're getting into. And there are right. they're freaked out a little bit because they don't, you know. So well, I, I don't know. Like a lot of moms have told me that the, the best part or the funnest part was like buying all this baby stuff. You don't need it all. First of all, first of all, like as far as toys go. Friend, like I heard you get gifted so many toys that you, you do. don't, and that they end up playing with like an empty shampoo bottle, yeah, you anyways. Do. So. Exactly, <laughs> an empty shampoo bottle, some wrap, some uh, extra wrapping paper, yeah, it's a bubble wrap. Yeah, that, so you know, plastic bags. They'll end no, up no, no. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from plastic. water. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No plastic bags. I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I think I mean I have already told one of my friends that I'm going to be like a, a minimalist parent, and mm-hmm. she started laughing at me because <laughs> she doesn't believe you. She's <laughs> she's, I said, you know, maybe there's just like a list of like twelve, and she was just like, no, you're, like, it's not possible. So I, 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 don't know, I will navigate it as it yeah. plays out. Yeah, my kids do your best. I like, sticks. I like what you're, I like what you're thinking right now. <laughs> if I, if I could look, if I look back on the things that we had that we didn't need, there were, you know. There were a few of those things. I think we did okay, probably, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a small house. And we had this small house throughout our babies. Both of our babies uh, transitioned yeah. in, from babyhood, too. Well, and I, so, and so only, yeah, you yeah. got to keep, you got to edit. Yeah, and I feel bad because, like, we're going to have the baby in, like, November. Uh, Ish, pre- maybe. Yeah, that's. I'm not going to hold you to yeah, it. Yeah, so November. And then, like, you know, we might find out in March that uh, we'll be going somewhere else for residency. So yeah. my husband was like, well, like, do we want to, like, get the baby room ready? And I was just like, well, we might not be here and the baby won't care. Yeah. Is that like, is that like nope, me? That is <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> the best like, well. thing that you have said 
<laughs> I mean, um, children don't form memories until like three years of yeah. age. The baby room is not for the too. baby. It's for mom and maybe dad, although it's really to exercise dad's eye muscles while they roll them around. <laughs> although I will say I am all down with the maternity photo shoot. I got that thing scheduled. Nice. Uh, oh, you've got it scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like picking out my outfits that'll nice. be fun nice <laughs> um yeah you don't need a pack and play i've discussed pack and play what people told show. me that i need pack and play look what the hell's a pack and play oh, yeah what's pack and play? it's a uh it's a playpen but it's also serves as a, like a bed for them to sleep in right yeah if you're like traveling if you're traveling okay. but i also heard you can use it as like a bassinet you could a little and then you could i don't get okay so <laughs> i will i will now qualify what i just said don't get it with the intention of traveling with it i'm because afraid it to is, travel at all with a baby because it is utterly the worst thing to drag around with you while you're traveling well, the worst I, thing i mean oh when i when I, dog kennel. I don't that was aggressive i don't no. care i don't care if you have a leg-sized tumor that you have to drag around <laughs> in the airport the pack and play will be worse isn't that a child whenever <laughs> I, well whenever <laughs> i see like you know parents or like people with little kids in the airport i'm just like i am like I feel so sorry for them. Mm -hmm. They look miserable. Like even when they're trying to have a good time and be like, "All right, yes. kiddos." Your enjoyment of the airport goes way. Oh, as if I down. like it now. Come on. And then, yeah, well, I hate it now. That is the that that's what I'm telling you. It's gonna so, suck even worse. So my husband was like, "Maybe we can fly to my parents for Christmas," and I was like, "Ah, no, 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 no. Well, I don't know." It's I guess excuse not to go to the in-laws. <laughs> Traveling yeah. with babies increases the level of difficulty significantly. But the, so the pack and play is just not. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. At least, you know, like you could probably rent. You could probably your whoever you're going to see your your in laws or yeah. whatever could probably find one from yeah. among their friends and their friends' children yeah. to like borrow. Okay. Um. Other otherwise for a baby that young. Put him in a cardboard box. No. Seriously, let him sleep in a dresser drawer no. on the floor. They will, you and they will, they don't care and you will be happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jesus was in a manger. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. my kid slept in a, in a dresser drawer once. <laughs> While like we were outside traveling. of and then we the... shut them in there. Yeah, Not outside of the dresser, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we pulled my the dresser drawer My younger brother may have slept floor, in a dresser <laughs> drawer once, but that was kind of my fault. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. Are you going to be, are you going to be, I, I'm going to predict you're going to be an anxious mom. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You say that now, just wait, was it six months from now? <laughs> she might, you might, you might surprise me. I, you know. I feel like it's just so, like that for the first time, this is going to be something that's so outside of my control mm -hmm. that I'm just going to have to like. Jesus, take the wheel. Like, watch. Like, yeah. like, Mindful just breathing. Watch just like, just like. Swear. I, I mean, I think it'll be a good exercise in just learning to like, just. Well, you will. Take it in. You will learn some things about yourself <laughs> that you did not know before. And they are going to be, they're going to be good things to know. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yep. I love my babies. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for helping me fill out, make the show a little bit longer. That's our show. Glad to be here. Yeah. Liza, Amy, Patrick, Tenome. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me. And thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes, just like Dichromtastic did yesterday. Thanks very much, Dichromtastic. Reviews like yours help us grow the show and feel good about what we're doing. If you don't like what you heard today, 
Go read a page from Gwyneth Paltrow's Lifestyle no. website. <laughs> if you have a suggestion for something we should talk about or seek our collective wisdoms, wisdom, send it to theshortcoats at gmail.com. Leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. Take either of those ways. It's fine. Shows made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Argo Fox. Talk to you in one week. <laughs>